Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man, I'm sorry. You know what, I'm not sorry about that, but you're not going to do it anyway. So, go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. So this week, this day, they just dropped the Wonder Comics debut of the new Young Justice, written by yes. Brian Michael Bendis with art by Patrick Gleason. I forgot it was the Wonder imprint. I forgot it's part of a brand new imprint. That's right. Yeah, it's a it's a whole new world that is also in continuity. But when they were trying to describe the Wonder imprint, I was like, is this out of continuity? Is this going to be like Black Label again? <laughs> I, I like it's a, it's kind of supposed to be for all ages, but also for everybody. So I, uh, DC and their imprints, man, I love their imprints when they stick to them. Yeah, I have no idea what this is. And you know what? They're running wild. The less time spent complaining or wondering about it, the better. Uh, Probably. The reason why we're talking about this imprint and this issue and why we don't normally talk about, like, new release comic books is because uh, Ben has dropped a bomb like he often does uh, mm-hmm, in the form mm-hmm. of a nameless nobody character that nobody used or cared about beforehand uh, who said one thing and it completely set... It, I love when Bendis just goes like, oh, I'm going to have this character say this funny thing. Meh. And it has deep, dark, looming, overarching... Implications. Implications that, it, like, shake the core of the universe. So there's a dude in Gemworld. If you're not familiar with Gemworld, uh, there's a... Who can blame you? Right. There's a character named Amethyst who actually Karen Berger cut her teeth on before Mm. she formed the Vertigo imprint. Uh, So read that book back then to find some, like, cool, darker, deeper, neat, like, fun girl warrior fantasy stuff. What's not to love? Uh, but uh, but yeah, Gemworld, Twelve Kingdoms. Uh, they're in another reality, not quite here, not quite on another planet. It's not New Genesis, but it's another mm. thing entirely. And this guy is bitching and complaining to uh, to King Opal. Uh, yes, they all have gem names in their you know thing. <laughs> Must not make Steven Universe joke. Try Must restrain not. yourself. But the, 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 he says basically uh, that. Uh, Earth calls the change, the unnatural changes of reality, crises or crisis mm-hmm. events. Um, the gem world is connected to Earth, and when Earth makes these changes, this is kind of true. If you ever read, oh, I don't know, Future's End, when uh... Darkseid is has left, destroying Earth too, he is coming to earth prime to destroy mm. the earth two refugees and i guess by extension us and parademons invade gem world as well J- uh, just for laughs just for shits and giggles really he's like i guess i'm gonna tear why not plus constantine traps uh parademons in gem world and kind of like dooms it to annihilation that being said that's an alternate future 
and not an alternate reality, and no, no. one really regards Future Zen as a crisis, so it didn't really happen, so don't worry about it. I mean, it was a crisis for me, just like a crisis in my life that I had to read it each issue as it came out and cover it for work. That was a crisis. That is a crisis. I mean, a crisis of your wallet having to spend money mm. on that stupid thing. Um, but uh, so that's some recent connection to to Gem World. But the idea is that Earth and Gem World are inexorably tied, and so when Earth goes through their crises, it affects the universe around it, even though. That's kind of not true. Yeah, it doesn't affect New Genesis because there actually no. was like a crisis of New Genesis that had its own crisis. Yeah. The the idea is that like there are places and realms that exist outside of reality itself, and crises can't touch. Or those. should be. The, but, the the word the words they use are every time Earth has gone through a crisis, Gem World has suffered unbeknowingly. Precisely. Um. So, this reminds me a lot of. Anytime Bendis does a cosmic story and there's like an alien who hates Earth and says like every time that Earth goes through like a crazy event, it hurts us. So let's do something about it. Right. M mainly let's kill all humans. Right. Kill all humans. Exactly. Thanks, Bender. Mm. And uh, so that's kind of where we are. But like he says that it happened seven times. And so seven times Gemworld has a suffer as a result of uh, of Earth's actions even though sometimes it's the actions of like a monitor or mm. like a universe of monitors or dark monitors or sometimes it's like a, a reverse flash so yeah it's true it's not always uh, you can't always lay the blame at someone's feet right uh but he says every time a crisis happens to earth uh everything that earth, earth touches affects us uh the houses of gem world are falling apart and lord opal needs to do something about it and uh I guess this guy also seems to think that Superman is kind of like at the center of these crises, which is not yeah. too wrong. No. Um, given that in Convergence, uh, Brainiac makes a whole point about like about Superman being at the core of it. And you see actually in the opening of Convergence number one or zero, uh, Superman, like all the Superman through time are all. Mm, it, it was zero. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's not wrong there. Uh, Spoiler Plus, Superman is the is the friggin' poster boy for the DC universe and always at the center of everything anyway. Yeah, even though I, I would argue that, like, while Superman holding Supergirl is the most iconic image from, like, a crisis, the Flash and his death, Barry Allen's, that is, should really be, like, the poster for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Grant Morrison sure feels that way. When he did Multiversity, he basically starts that book off by saying, and it's all the Flash's fault, and let me tell you why. Yeah, he's not wrong. So what I thought we'd do before we actually unpack the implications that saying that these crises happened in a universe where DC kind of doesn't care about continuity anymore. No. I thought we'd identify... What crises he's talking about? Yeah, because how do you narrow it down to just seven? Right. Because there's been way more than seven. Which honestly is like four more than we probably should have had. But I thought we'd strike down the list and be like, let's go over some crises and say like, what definitely is a crisis? What's, what's a crisis they can't possibly ignore? And what's a crisis that they could probably say, eh, that's really more in name only. That one did happen. I mean, I guess if we want to start all the way back at the beginning, I know I never usually counted this as a crisis, but again, Morrison counted this, and it's getting counted more and more, and that is The Flash of Two Earths. Yes, uh, and which is actually a story called Crisis on Two Earths. Uh, 
I, I think it does happen. I wouldn't call it a crisis so much as I call it and like a flash event. That was more like establishing what the that there was a multiverse and fifty two works and everything. That was the genesis of it all. Yeah, I think that since Bendis is fifty one, and he was eighteen when Crisis and Infinite Earths came out, that he probably will be referring to older crises, even crises that took place before Crisis on Infinite Earths. So right. Crisis on, on Two Earths happened. And I wouldn't be surprised if he references it in some way. I mean, it's pretty important to DC lore overall. And you have Impulse there as your Kid Flash stand in here for your Young Justice team. It would be silly if you didn't make reference to it at some point. Absolutely. Uh, but I, but would I call it one of the seven crises? I don't know. I don't think so. I'd put a, I'd put a pin in that one. Maybe it's Crisis Zero. Yeah, yeah Crisis Prime. But, uh, oh. <laughs> but the next one, and the, uh, the obvious one, is Infinite Earths. Right. It's the one that started it all. It's the one where DC finally said, like, oh, we probably should, like, like label our universe changing events, which is like... It might be nice. It's a neat idea. I don't think you have to, but I get it. So Crisis on Infinite Earths, I think everyone can agree, is one of them. And it's a story they keep going back to time and time again. It has some of the most iconic images, does it not? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, by the way, this is also problematic. Because, like I said, right now in the post-Rebirth era of DC, DC's been playing very fast and loose with their continuity. Boy, and have they. It seems to be that mostly the editorial department, who Grant Morrison is determined are dark monitors and should be destroyed at all costs. <laughs> Vampires sucking up my creativity. Exactly. Uh, but because these dark monitors have deemed that there is no real true continuity and everything's kind of fluid, it's hard to pin down what did happen, what didn't happen. So when Bendis says there's seven, well, what does that mean? If we establish Christ and Earth is one of them and that there is some hidden or secret continuity. Mm. That is problematic, and we'll get to that, and we'll get to why in a minute. So, I like you said how it plays fast and loose. This first issue itself plays fast and loose with many things. Oh yeah, no, you had a couple of questions just off the off the top of your head. Uh, before yeah. we get into them, let me just ask a couple, answer a couple of super chats. But Joel, Please. keep those questions because I want you to ask those first. Uh, Presidietti forty says, "Been a while since my last donation, dude. I appreciate it anyway. Uh, just sending some love. Also, I can't stay. I'm currently in class. Will you get to class? You do your work. Uh, this show will be available." for posterity so please get to work uh we had a message retracted but thank you very much for the two bits uh rister abato says is batman beyond now a very possible future for dc they want it to be i think they i think they like it there but like i th i treat it like 2099 where it's like sure we're never gonna get there but if you want it to be fine but it would be a very I unsatisfying future i'm shocked that book is still sticking around actually i agree uh he also i, I thought it would have been canceled by now oh definitely um, and it, you know, it's inevitable. Um, he also follows it up by saying, why is DCU always in crisis rather than restarting? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, well, they're always in crisis because, like, they can never pin down all these characters who were created in a vacuum that all occupy the same universe. As it turns yeah. out, like, it's hard to make a world of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern, and The Flash all work in one unison. Who'd have thought that? Um, Crazy. Amartya... Arcaria says, what are your thoughts on Bendis' work in DC so far? Um, I have personally not been, it's been mixed, certainly, but I've been a vocal not fan of his Superman. Mm. Um, his Superman is the weakest. His action comics is slightly better. 
because it plays to his strengths. Yes. Uh, this issue is my favorite DC Bendis book so far. Same, same. There's a there's an exuberance to it. It's also Bendis writing a team book, and it's been a little bit since he's written a team book, and that used to be one of his big skills. You know why I think that it is his best book so far? Because it's literally New Avengers. It, it <laughs> so is. I'm, I'm glad you said it. Because I was kind of afraid to say it, but yes, it li- it literally is the fucking New Avengers. It's New Avengers, but they're kids, and Bendis has been on a kid kick since Miles Morales. So you know. he he hit it really big with that one kid character. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so Joel, what were your questions that were raised by the just the existence of Young Justice number one? Oh, so, so many. So, Impulse is in the book. I admittedly have not been reading Flash, but I know he. they made a big deal of him. He just came back from his future. He came back at the end of Flash War. Right. And then so never did anything. And that was, like, a year ago? <laughs> yeah, wow. So, they've been sitting on him for a while. So, he came back and didn't do anything. He gives them the name. He goes, yeah, Young Justice back together again. Young Justice Assemble. Is this not supposed to be the first time Young Justice has gotten together in canon? Because you can't you can't be mentioning the old ones because that just falls apart under scrutiny and makes no sense. Well, that's the thing, and that's that's why I think in a post rebirth era, continuity is like a like a raging river, and it's always flowing, and new new rocks can you know dam up the works, and you just got to go around it, come up with something else. So like, uh, absolutely, does Bendis mean? that Bart Allen is referring to the Young Justice that you who liked Young Justice 20 years ago mm. liked. That's also, absolutely what he is referring to. I mean, I guess so. Also, Tim Drake recognizes Impulse right away, and he recognizes Wonder Girl right away. And I'm like, oh, that must be because they were on the terrible Lobdell era Titans together when the new 52 started, right? Or not. Or not, but they were on the same team, and they did. Rem- they they should remember each other. Uh, of course, Bendis is very clever in his dialogue to make it very nebulous. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they are old friends. They worked together. Maybe they were friends. Maybe there was something more there. But we don't really get any real depth. We just we they see each other. They immediately recognize recognize each other, and they call each other by their code names and secret identity names. They do. It's again, you credit where credit is due. The man knows how to keep things vague. Perhaps the biggest question, though, again, it revolves around Tim Drake. Hey, Tim, what are you doing just riding through Metropolis? Didn't didn't you lie to Batman and tell him you were going to college in Ivytown, but you and Spoiler were really going on a secret mission to try and discover more about Dr. Manhattan and the universe being altered and why Connor got deleted? I noticed you're not with Spoiler anymore. No, well, and, and Bendis is very uh, good at this, where he has, like, a throwaway line if, like that he can add into a, a script he's already written like two months ago. Mm-hmm. If anybody, if enough people say like, where is spoiler? He's going to say like, she made a pass at me. I didn't reciprocate. <laughs> it's not. And then she got upset and she left. Like, yeah, just literally she, or he could, he, he could even get even vaguer and just say like, we're not going to talk about it. Right, of course. And I'm sure that's totally because, you know, uh, what is it? Bendis didn't read that story and because DiDio straight up doesn't like spoiler. I'm sure that's not the reason why. I'm sure. Uh, So those are just a couple of questions. And by the way, they're all continuity related. So obviously, like, you're going to be like, what? What? (laughs) Like, how is it going to fit in? And like I said, like, I don't think you can. You can't pin down what happened, what didn't happen, because. If you make a if you track what has been acknowledged, 
in this universe that is still technically the New 52 universe, mm. you'll go crazy because there's too much, it, there's too much con- uh, contradictory information out there. Yeah. Uh, Will Am Golden says, is the Bendis imprint its own continuity or canon? It seems to be in continuity. Wonder Comics is uh, Young Justice seems to be. Uh, and I, I don't know about the others because there was a preview in the end of this issue for a new book he's doing for a uh, young African-American female superhero, um, which is so out of character for Bendis. And, uh, but they refer to a fight between uh, Superman and Mongol. I haven't mm-hmm. seen a fight between Superman and Mongol since Metal. Um, yeah, it's been a really long time. So it really depends on like what happened to Mongol uh, between then and now. But the, act- the reality is I think they mean for it to be in continuity. And also there was two Mongols because there was Mongol. Then there was also Mongol Jr. who was running around as well. From Trinity, yeah. But we uh, haven't seen Mongol Jr. in a bit. No, not so much. Uh, Sam Anderson says, has DC made a continuity a synonym for nostalgia? Um, mm. Quite possibly. I, uh, I, I've i always looked at it this way, and that is, you know, in Marvel Comics, continuity informs the story. In DC Comics, continuity is the story. Mm, interesting. Because for me, I think DC is like, this is a story about Batman. And if it fits in with whatever the hell like happened 60 years before that, all the better, but who cares? Whereas Marvel is like, will it happen? Everyone is still the same. Like it's all been happening. There's been no interruption. No. Yeah. So you have to refer to it or it's confusing and weird. So it's true. Yeah. But, and then, and then also true with Batman, then you'll get runs like Grant Morrison, who will again come in and try and say like, no, it's all continuity. It all happened. These were all chapters in a man's life, as I like to bring up all the time. All, all their big events, even, even metal is in, from just recently is another example of continuity is the story. Here's some monitor devices. Here's the Hawks. Here's nth metal. Here's, you know, here's dream, dream from sin. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but We'll get there. We, we, I want to talk about like all the crises in a minute. Uh, right, Gabriel Reyes Jr. saying, hey, guys, I have a question. Do you guys consider Doomsday Clock a crisis? Uh, we'll get there. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> Neil Infinity Gaming saying, it's great to see my boy Connor Kent back, but it kind of sucks to see John put through the trash to see him again. Also, what happened to New 52 Superboy? You're looking at him. Connor Kent is New 52 Superboy. Why? How does that make sense? That doesn't work at all in continuity because no. there isn't any continuity anymore. Because it's I dead. Appre- <laughs> I appreciate that they at least imply that when they find him, he's on a completely different dimension, that he's not on Earth. I'm like, okay, if he just showed up on Earth, I would have been pissed off. Right. Uh, it also made me sad because seeing the reference to Superboy in this issue, they used the logo, which they used when when Gleason and Tomasi created John Kent Superboy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, this is clearly just Bendis is getting rid of the John Kent character so they can bring in this other character. Yeah, I wanted him gone. He wasn't the one I remember. It's not the one I want to use. And I can't have two Superboys. I saw the worst bullshit argument on Twitter the other night that I I really had to fight myself from responding. The person's like, you know, uh, fans always complain when characters don't uh, get aged up or move on. Bendis aged up Superboy and you all threw a fit. And I'm like, that is apples and oranges. You shut up. He was only a kid for two years. He's a brand new creation. There were so many more stories left to tell. Yeah, that's like that's like complaining that magic was magic became a teenager. And then she like, yeah, by by magic itself, like from chicanery. It's not that we like watched her become like we never saw her at age like 13. 
you know, because there was a jump. John Kent mm-hmm. never became like 14 years old. He, he had to grow. He, no, that's that's a new. It all, ha- it all happened off panel and it all happened because Bendis couldn't be asked to write this new character or this status quo. Exactly. Cam says, have you any, have any of you read the new Young Justice book? Uh, that's what we're talking about. Uh, Bendis books are always a coin toss, so I'd like to know if it's good or not before I pick it up. I Like we said in the beginning of this episode, I enjoyed it. Uh, it feels yeah. like it reads like a DC New Avengers book. Sure um, does, which is a pretty high compliment because I think you and I like New Avengers a whole lot. I like it more than the regular Avengers. <laughs> Uh, and Nick Lachlan names all the crises. So thank you very much for that. We are doing that literally in this episode. So I'll, I'll put a pin in your in your comment for now. Uh, the next crisis in the list that I think you need to address, even if you don't want to, and I think Bendis would love to because he was old enough to remember it, and also it's recent enough in print that you can refer to it, is the 10-year anniversary. Let's do, literally, this is the motivation at DC. Let's do this because it's the 10-year anniversary since Crisis on Infinite Earths, zero hour crisis in time. Mm, And I'm glad you mentioned a crisis in time. Obviously, this book features Ginny Hex, the great-great-granddaughter of Jonah Hex, one of their old Wild West characters who exists in time. I wonder if her inclusion in the team is to maybe try and tie into something like this. It could very well be. Time travel is always a funny thing. When it comes to DC, um, I have not really seen too much time travel in a DC crisis outside of the one that's dedicated to time travel. And even then, it's not really about time travel, though there is one other DC crisis we'll get to that does deal in time travel and screws up literally this whole thing. (laughs) Uh, So then there's a number of other crises that happen. Um, Of course, there was Grant Morrison's Crisis Times 5. I don't think they're going to refer to that. Um, one, because Grant Morrison is has a weird relationship with DC right now. He um, sure does. You know, I, I don't know what his plan is over there with his Green Lantern and, and, and nothing else when Grant Morrison could pretty much just run DC Comics at this point. I'm not yeah. asking him to, nor would I want that to happen. I'm just simply saying he's kind of that big a mover and shaker. All right, then, Sal, I'll run the whole company just for you. No, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he asked for it though I'm running it now oh, alright runes runes everywhere <laughs> thanks, thanks Grant here we go uh, but Zero Hour um, establishes it establishes Green Lantern Hal Jordan as Parallax yes and as a big bad and mm-hmm. his motivation as Parallax which is I want to go back and make things better for everybody which is a kind of a common trend in crisis is we have to go back. We have to go back to the lost island. Right. Um, now, there are a number of things. They're called crises that obviously they're like, that's not the one that like the gem world people are referring to. I don't think that the gem world guy is like, well, there's a heroes in crisis happening right now. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, all these heroes trying to deal with their mental problems. That really strongly affects gem world in ways you could not possibly right. imagine. It is truly a crisis. Nor I think, are they referring to the identity crisis that heroes in crisis is homaging? No, this, this murder plot really affects us. We're big Dibney fans. We're big Dibney fans. That's literally what I was about to say. Uh, Here in so Gem World. We, we, can, we can cast those aside. Um, then, of course, there's, like, the other one that you can't ignore that reestablishes the multiverse. And that one, of course, is Infinite Crisis. Yes. Uh, Infinite Crisis is funny because, like, it establishes a number of characters. It is really important to, like, the mythology of DC. And also, like... Uh, we've heard rumors that Bendis wants to deal with Superboy Prime. 
I mean, why else would he bring up seven crises in the first place if he wasn't essentially trying to be like, ooh, can I write the next event? Can I write the next crisis, please? Well, like, God only knows if he is planning on, like, writing a crisis. The, the, the problem with writing a crisis is you need to know what happened and care enough to refer to it. I'll make it up as I go along. It's fine. Because It'll be like, the vague crisis. That's like the worst thing you could possibly do mm-hmm. is, 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 is start a crisis and not really know anything about DC continuity. Because that's what they're all about. They're all big continuity wanks. Even Identity Crisis. Is a big continuity is wank. It's a big continuity story that does mess with continuity, but it's just, it's not, it doesn't change the universe. No. You know, it just makes people sad. <laughs> Very. Um, and then, of course, we have to get into uh, the final crisis because people talk about this as being a crisis you can't ignore. Is it? Doesn't get brought up all that much. Flashpoint gets brought up more. Well, we will talk about Flashpoint, but like in Final Crisis, the universe does end. Mm-hmm. Like it is destroyed and rebuilt, but Superman rebuilds it the way it was before. Now, what if he didn't? Like, that's how you can allow Final Crisis, I think, to be considered one of these crises. Because since the universe was changed, what if Superman changed it a little more, you know, subconsciously? Yeah. Or what if Darkseid had some other influence when he became, like, that black hole that everything (laughs) fell into or something? (laughs) Um, Final Crisis, while it was more about, like, a big fight... It also directly influences, like, the new gods, which are, of course, mm. like, integral to the DC zeitgeist, even if they don't really have much influence on continuity and the universe. Spe- especially right now. Yeah, but what if Superman's song was really important? Who knows? Yeah. What if it was just so catchy? Um, it's a banger. It's the hot club track. <laughs> right? Um, obviously, Flashpoint is a cri- is is considered a crisis because In everything but name. Yeah, it does involve time travel, it does involve uh universe changing. Um this is one of those things where we're talking about where it's like this is time travel. Like this you could arguably call this the real final crisis because it was the last one before they stopped calling them crises. That's true. Yeah. Uh and it's funny because like I thought they were the DC was like we can't keep calling things crises because otherwise People will think we don't know what we're doing and that we're always crisising. But it turns out that, like, they wanted to call Metal Dark Crisis. Dark Crisis. Heck, they even made fun and lampshaded that fact in friggin' Dark Side War. Uh, What is it? When they're all sitting around there, uh, the Monitor and uh, Mobius, and they're like, look, no more crises. One more crisis will tear the universe asunder and we'll never be able to put it back together. Now, do you consider Dark Side War a crisis? It involves the Anti-Monitor and Dark Side, and the death of these characters had should have had universal affecting impact. I mean, But it didn't really. It had all the hallmarks of it, but it stopped just short. And that's the thing, because I don't even remember, like, when I was reading it, I'm like, this is the Anti-Monitor. Does he remember being the Anti-Monitor? Because he seems totally different. Like, is he the Anti-Monitor from the Sinestro Corps War? They kind of seek to imply he was for a minute, or he did. If that's the case, and if the Anti-Monitor and Darkseid, since they are, since the Anti-Monitor is his own thing, but Darkseid's new Genesisian, or Genesian, or at least from Apocalypse, I'm just saying, like, he's he's outside of continuity, then why is Darkseid different? 
Like, why does Darkseid have a different costume, not remember all the superheroes, and 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 become like a grunting psycho? That's that. Don't ask those questions because he's dead in the first couple issues. Yeah. By the way, Darkseid War. You killed Darkseid in the first three issues out of like ten or whatever. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So moving on to the next crisis. But first. Um, Stuart McInnelly says, if Bendis brings Superboy Prime back, will he kill John Kent? Is that why he aged him up so he wouldn't be criticized for murdering a little child? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a good theory there, Stu. I gotta tell you. I mean, like, hell, Connor, John, Prime. We've got our makings of a Superboy war. That's what they'll call it, too. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's not the case. I think that's too juicy an idea for them to ignore. Uh, Taylor Petra says, is, is the reason why Flashpoint wasn't called a crisis because Zero Hour was already called a crisis in time? Uh. Great idea. No, it's because Flashpoint wasn't a crisis. It's because Flashpoint was supposed to be just a fun Flash story. Yep. And then halfway, if not two-thirds the way through, they went... Let's make it a crisis. It's it's literally just volume two of Jeff Johns' uh, redone Barry Flash run. He does arc one where it's like, oh, I'm screwing around with, you know, the rogues from the future and everything. And, oh, isn't this fun and different than literally arc two Flashpoint? Yeah, no, literally the reason it's not called a crisis is because it wasn't going to be one. And I don't think DC considers it one. Except that it totally is because it like makes Grifter a member of the frickin' like whatever the hell like he's That's like right. Wildstorms in the universe and everything, um, and also the New Fifty Two reboot, but uh, it wasn't meant to be, uh, but is now. Uh, Joshua Wright says, "Hey guys, it's been a while. It's my thirty fifth birthday. Happy birthday! Hey. Uh, happy to spend it with you and support your awesomeness. Thanks for the great content. Keep kicking ass. I'll try, man. Thank you very much, Joshua, for your uh, support and happy birthday mm-hmm. to you. Hope it's a merry, great one." Um, Deviled Ham says, could Amalgam be considered a crisis? I mean, here's the thing. I consider DC versus Marvel and JLA Avengers to be crises. I don't think DC would. But maybe Bendis does, because he used to work for the other company, and he friggin' tries to name drop Alpha Flight in this issue. He sure does! But uh, I don't think they're considering it. I don't think they are. Uh, I think they're like spiritual crises. It's like the closest thing that Marvel could come to a crisis uh, outside right. of Secret Wars. Um, but yeah. Which uh, was totally a Marvel crisis. Totally. I wouldn't, uh, but I wouldn't put it in this list. I call it like a, an unofficial crisis. Um, JLA Avengers had some shades of crisis to it, says Cam. Agreed. Um, and Silvery Cricket says, what about Milk Wars? Where the entire universe was rewritten to entertain infant super gods. Good pull on Milk Wars. If you guys aren't familiar, the uh, now defunct DC Young Animal line. Another imprint. Is it officially defunct now? Is it? I mean, like, I don't think. If you, I don't think. If you're not putting out books for it, I guess you're defunct. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think it's officially defunct, but like unofficially defunct. It's spiritually defunct. Exactly. But, like New Age of Heroes. Right? Yeah, totally. Uh, but T- Still technically putting out books. Nah, it's dead in the water. Yeah, but because, here's the thing, Silver Cricket, I think you, me, Tiffany, and like three other people read Milk Wars, so no, I don't think it's considered a crisis. I mean, it should be, but like, this is an episode where we're identifying every crisis. This is an episode where we're trying to figure out which seven they're referring to in Gem World. Yeah, really. So Flashpoint absolutely is a crisis. Um, the next one up, 
that I think people are referring to a lot. I'm surprised so many people are referring to it. And here's the one that screws everything up is Convergence. Mm-hmm. Because even DC has seemed to have forgotten about Convergence and tried to sweep that one under the old rock. Didn't happen. Yeah. Convergence totally happened because John exists. Yeah, he's the holdover for it. But then Superman fused with Superman and the, uh, what is it, the concept around his birth changed. Oh, completely. But that has larger implications as well. But here's the real kicker. At the end of Convergence, uh, crap, Telos is like, we need the multiverse back. Oh, so he sends Parallax and them back in time. He I forgot about Parallax, Superman, Lois Lane, and a couple other people. Back, Supergirl, I think, back to Crisis on Infinite Earths and has them stop it from happening. Where was that story? How did that never be a tie-in? I know. Uh, but stay with me here. Literally, the directive was, you need to stop Crisis on Infinite Earths from happening that dissolves the multiverse so that we can have a multiverse when we get back here. And we know that they succeed because they are able to continue with the story. Uh, and because Superman then stays there on the newly changed Earth. Right, and doesn't... Doesn't Parallax also come back to that Parallax and he's in the Green Lantern book for a bit? I believe he is. Now, I didn't pay it to I, I wasn't sticking with that. So I don't know. Neither did I. What happened with uh, with Parallax? I'm sorry. I forgot. Did we talk about Infinite Crisis? We mentioned it uh, and it's important, but it's, you know, like I said, that rebirthed the multiverse. But then after Flashpoint, it didn't. So, yeah, gets again, confusing, gets confusing. But like, here's the deal. Infinite Crisis brings back the multiverse. But then Flashpoint says maybe that didn't happen or maybe there aren't, isn't a multiverse anymore or maybe there's only a limited number of multiverse because I think immediately after that there's multiversity which says no, there are. But the yes. point I'm saying is at the end of Convergence they say Crisis and Infinite Earths has to happen or has to stop so that there is a multiverse. So take that as you will. And if you're going to say that, that Convergence happened then, and it's part of the seven crises, then Crisis on Infinite Earth didn't happen. <laughs> so you lose one, but gain one. Yeah, so you lose one, which means we're back to, we're, we're down to like five or so. Uh, but then, if, 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 if COIE didn't happen, then what implications are there for that? Like, does that mean that Infinite Crisis doesn't happen? Because after, at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, Superboy Prime, Superman... Lois Lane, Pocket Dimension, Paradise Dimensions, Reality Punch, Jason Todd, all that doesn't happen because they're you not get, over there anymore. You get into a real domino effect problem, don't you? Yes, you do. Uh, so I think DC would sooner just ignore it and pretend like it didn't happen. Uh, but like I said, like this is just more like you got to pay attention. To it. Like you, you got you to gotta at least acknowledge it in some way. Or, and then there's this thing, too, where uh, the seven crisis things could mean absolutely nothing, and it could just be Ben just fucking around. Oh, totally. But if you have a character who is cosmically aware, say these things in DC, and then, it bring, means back, it's real. And then bring back Bart Allen and Connor, then it does happen, that it does work. Or at the very least, you have to acknowledge that this is, this is canon now. Um, so you got those. Uh, let's just jump into the super chats again, really quick. Um, Nif Nilfin Nilfinity Gaming says, "What if Superboy Prime comes back by taking over John's body 
And that oh, would be the God. reason for him up. I think that's somehow worse than having him just he, kill him. He was out in space. Maybe they're like, hey, let's go to the source wall for a picnic. Oh, no. Superboy Prime spirit jumped into my body and aged me up. Totally. I can believe that. Uh, Taylor Petra says, I don't consider it a crisis, but some consider Blackest Night a crisis. I guess if you stretch the definition, it can be a crisis. Um, yeah, it does. It, I mean, it, it changed a lot. It led to Brightest Day and a bunch of characters coming back. Exactly. I think that I would I would call that the dark crisis before DC Metal. But uh, True. Cam says, Sal, you're forgetting the EWE event uh, secret crisis. Uh, no. Sorry. <laughs> just leaving it at that no uh, Wookie Drew just picked up my books I turn on YouTube and bam my favorite two comic book geeks are uh oh that's it uh you guys rock keep up the good work thank you Wookie Aww, Drew thank you uh and Derek M Young just number one felt messy um only if you're paying attention so <laughs> so you got uh, Convergence uh then here's a question does Rebirth count I mean, in a lot of ways, Rebirth Special felt like a bit of a crisis because as soon as Wally shows up, he starts waking up people's minds and he's a character that came back and everything. Well, because Rebirth establishes that, like, maybe this is the, that, like, the real universe or the post-crisis universe is underneath the lay, like, it's, it's like everyone's wearing New 52 bullshit, but if they just shake hard enough, It'll come It'll off, and they're actually themselves underneath. Because of the missing 10 years that made everyone miserable, and maybe it was Dr. Manhattan, but we don't know. That story's still being told. They're never going to do it. The missing no. 10 years, they, they've already tried to walk it back. They're doing inter they've done interviews over the last couple of years where they were like, what's up with the missing 10 years? And they go like, stop asking about it. It's true. It, they don't even bring it up anymore. They, they don't, don't even the mention missing, ten, missing years, ten years. The missing ten years. Read the interviews with like Johns and Lee and everybody else. Didio. They will respond the way that Loeb responds when you ask if a Netflix series takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> really cagey, really combative, and very defensive. Um, which says to me, no. Uh, so, yeah. Um, which is a shame. I agree. Uh, because DC Rebirth set up a lot of things and made a lot of people happy and had a perfect way to fix everything. Did it because ever. If you rem if you destroy the sanctity of Watchmen, yes, you've destroyed the sanctity of Watchmen, but you undo some horrible mistakes you've made over the last five years. By saying Dr. Manhattan did it and having us all just be like, well, yeah, obviously that makes sense. Sure, like, because no one's going to really argue. No one's going to be like, that doesn't make any sense. No, like... Especially because if you say the blue hand at the end of the universe is Dr. Manhattan, oh my god, that fixes, that fixes so much. Because now, any continuity changes are that the whims of this amoral, a like personal douche. Also, the hand isn't blue anymore the last couple times we've seen no, it. No, 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 they've fixed that. I mean, because sometimes it's white, sometimes it's blue, but it's between the two of them. Like, if Dr. Manhattan uses power, that blue becomes white, you know. Listen... It was a great clean fix, and they couldn't leave well enough alone. No, then they ruined it. Uh, Mr. Giggle says, Sal, the real crisis is the state of comics. The, the state of comics has been in a crisis since they started. Um, the real crisis, it, dude, I, I bet you wouldn't be saying that if you were around when Marvel Comics went bankrupt. Yeah. And comics went from selling, like, a million copies an issue to... 100,000 copies. That is such a drop that you'd think, like, the sky is falling. 
or heck, you know, even if we want to go back even further to the time when they weren't really making superhero comics anymore, when it was westerns and romances and horror stories. And went, oh, well, that was a fun little era. Let's move on. Let's do other things now. Can you imagine that? There was a whole era with no superheroes in it. So while things are like tumultuous, it's only because like studios are buying the labels. But like comics are forever. Uh, Jordan Cooper says, hey, Sal and Joel, here's some support. Love what you do. Thank you very much, my friend. Hey. Uh, the thing I don't get is, what is the timeline for these crises? When did Metal, Doomsday Clock, and Heroes in Crisis all happen? Uh, well, we'll get into Metal. Uh, just, long story short, Doomsday Clock is not a crisis. Uh, and Not yet, anyway. Again, if they add another issue on, it could be anything by the time it's over. That's true. And uh, Heroes in Crisis is also not a crisis, despite the fact that it's called a crisis. Uh, I guarantee you it was called something else. The fact that they wanted Snyder and Capullo to call Dark Knight's Metal Dark Crisis says to me that DC had crisis on the brain. They're hungry for it. They wanted somebody to call it that. Uh Brandon Best says, can Flash just reset continuity, please? Dude, he, they've been asking for that forever, and like he always flirts with the idea and then never does uh, because he's not a real character. Uh, Tevye Smolko says, uh, Bendis is going to turn my favorite character. I wonder who his favorite character I don't remember. Joel, can you remind me? Uh, I mean, you know, he has so many favorite characters, it's hard to keep track. My favorite character, May Mayday Parker. I'm sorry, uh, John Kent, Superboy, into the new Superboy Prime, oh. Clark and Lois, Connor, his own family, that scares me. Uh, I think you're jumping to conclusions, my friend, but, uh, you know, just, just sit back and enjoy the ride. Know that if you live long enough, everything you liked from 20 years ago will come back. Eventually comes back. That's true. That's that's why I never get all the outrage over there changing my comics. I'm like, well, it's a roller coaster. We're going down now, but we got to go up eventually. Exactly. <laughs> And Silver Cricket says, maybe Dr. Manhattan is putting things that don't fit his vision into Gem World, a dimensional uh, dumping ground. That would also make Bennis' book a must-read. That would actually be super clever. That, that literally, Gem World is the recycling bin on your computer. You keep shit. Right, like shit. that's where Connor's been. Like, just everyone was just stuck in Gem World. All these, like, relics. Yeah. Hey, it's me, the ambush bug. Remember me? Aww. Hey, it's, it's, um... Uh, oh, I, I was going to say, the heckler. What are you doing here? Also, hey, it's me, Handsome Lobo. Remember Handsome right? Lobo? I was, in a, I was in a jar once for a little while. Remember that? Yeah, and then I'm here. <laughs> We're the island of misfit toys, literally. Wow. Gem World being the island of misfit toys for continuity lost characters is such a genius idea. I can almost promise you you'll never see that happen. Dude, if that's the, I want a piece of that. Hey, it's Onyx and Forerunner. Yeah. I mean, we Remember already established that, like, Blue Devil was in uh, a recent, like, another, like, kind of pocket dimension, wasn't he? In like, uh, crap, it was in Dark Crisis. The, I mean, the, 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 not Dark uh, Crisis. Myra, but... the Nightmaster realm. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, which, he was... which way? We've got two magical sword characters, each with their own magical realms. Kind of weird. We gotta, gotta, gotta fix that. We gotta clean that up in the next crisis right now. Myra and Gemworld have to be two neighboring nations is what they need to be. Yes. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta Batman versus Superman this up. We gotta put them across the street from each other. Give them a river or something. Just a river that crosses. Actually, how has no one ever had uh, Amnesis Princess of Gemworld versus the Nightmaster in a big sword fight? How has that never been a thing? I don't know, but you know it's coming now. Uh, but, like, I don't think they consider Rebirth to be a crisis. I don't think it is one. Um, because they've ignored almost everything that happened in it so far. Yeah. Uh, but then, of course, we've got Dark Knight's Metal, which is absolutely a crisis. Don't dispute me. In everything but name. Like, 
And that's the other dicey thing, is everything that happens in Dark Knight's Metal. Because, and it, by the way, Dark Knight's Metal is a great uh, crisis because it contradicts and confirms everything. It is like the Schrodinger's crisis because <laughs> everything happened. Like it that. didn't happen all at once because dream from the endless. Oh my God, it's Daniel Hall. And Oh my God, he's connected to Hawkman. And Oh my God, like look at all the Hawk people. And how about we establish that even though we've established a gazillion different types of Hawk people since zero hour and before that, of course, but I'm saying like since zero hour, they've been trying to clean up Hawkman. Let's like, let's clean him up now, 30 years later. Like, what happened? What didn't happen? What does Batman remember? Batman literally grabs baby Darkseid from the Darkseid yes. War, even though he was supposed to be a teenager by that point. And sure was. was there, even though he's supposed to be dead. Like, there's a lot of stuff that happens in and, Dark Knight. And Joker is in the basement, but which Joker? We don't know. Which Joker are we talking about? There's so much to unpack out of Dark Knight's metal. And it's funny because they're like, shut up. It's just supposed to be cool and fun. Look, have you found all the secret horns yet? Like, okay. That's cool and all, but but you can't have, like, the library from the Endless get broken or ruined and not F everything up. And, like, and what happened and what didn't happen? At the end of the day, what happened? What didn't happen? What's the freaking timeline here? Who, metal's how old is Batman? Like, all we need to know is just, like, what happened, what didn't happen. Because Christ and Infinite Earth, when it all started... Even though that didn't—that's not where it started, but technically, but where, where CLIE started, they were like, "Here's what happened. Here's what didn't happen." And then, like, it's funny to see uh, how actually even that got walked back, where they were like, "Frank Miller wrote a freaking dynamite year one. That's the continuity." Uh, and then people later on were like, "I don't like the idea that Catwoman is uh, a prostitute because she is like an antihero now, and I'm trying to sell action figures of Catwoman." Mm. Uh, I, I and by the way, like I was around when they were making like those books. There weren't a lot of Catwoman action figures. I think there were like three: one from the movie, one from like the Legends of the Dark Knight figure line. Like there weren't a lot. I'm I'm more using it as an example of like I'm trying to sell. Like we're we're in merchandise mode, not in storytell mode. Right. Uh, but uh, but Metal manages to throw everything into chaos and tumult. And also, of course, refused to acknowledge like what happened and what didn't happen. Did, did the source wall get broken that's, in metal? That's or was the story that... where, they, where they broke the source wall. That's literally okay, it. And then they deal with it in Justice League No Justice, because that's all like a big three-parter from metal to Justice League No Justice to what Snyder is doing now. Even No Justice doesn't do anything, because No Justice was like, oh, well, there's also these like special trees, and they represent different elemental forces of the universe. Yeah. And they're getting cut down by Brainiac, and you're like, like, now you're adding to things? Like, yes. I mean, Justice League by Snyder right now is going like, here's some new shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, 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 what even is the shit we have right now? <laughs> like, you're adding, like, doorknobs and, like, I don't know, it's just... It, it does feel like a like a bit of a crisis too. Even what he's doing with the Hawk people, it's like, all right, so the Hawk people you remember from the New Fifty Two, they existed, but they're not the Hawk people you wanted. These were the Hawk people you wanted, right? Which well, I think is really fucking clever, actually, to split the difference. Oh no, I completely agree, and that's really smart. Like that's a good use of that of of that device. Um, so I I agree with that certainly. Uh, and listen, Metal got a lot of things right. Yeah, it did. Metal did a lot of cool, good things. Um, but it also only made things more confusing. Yep. And I, I here's the thing. I can imagine that, like, 
an editor or a writer would argue that if they were here, if we had them on, they'd be like, well, you see, here's the thing. All these books are not for you. We're trying to get these new readers. We're trying to get mm. new people to read these books. Young people, people who will not be dead in like 30 <laughs> years, people who will be, be buying these books and they'll be spending money hand over fist for these stories. Number one, you're chasing a unicorn. But number two, and most importantly, in this situation, even new readers are going to be baffled by the shit that's happening. It's true. And also, new readers become old readers very quickly, especially if they watch channels like ours and they're like, wait, 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 what happened way back when? What, what do you mean they don't talk about that anymore? Well, especially if, like, they're reading stories that are kind of okay, but then they're told by anyone in the industry in any capacity, like, oh, here's a good story. And they go, oh, when did this happen? Well, the universe got broken, like, four times ago. <laughs> so, like, it didn't really happen anymore, but, like, it's still a good story and you should read it. Like, you're selling serialized fiction. Mm-hmm. At the core, you're asking people to accept a fictitious reality. Mm-hmm. And if you have to tell them while they're accepting your fictitious reality that, that it didn't happen, that some of it didn't happen, and it really doesn't really matter, it's all about the story. Like, if, can you imagine if you're like, oh, read Dune? It's great. By the way, most of the stuff that happened in Dune didn't really happen, but the characters are so rich and the mythology is cool, unless it's contradicted by other mythologies that are established later on. But like, uh, trust me, the, sto- the, like, the journey this one character that you're reading the story goes on is so worth it, even though other Dune books will contradict or flat out rewrite the things that happened earlier mm-hmm. that got you to read the goddamn thing in the first place. They'd throw it in the garbage. And that's, that's a good way to put I it. I think that's why people are so freaking outraged and why people are such sticklers for continuity. Cause they're like, if you keep it linear. And I think that's why people are like more willing to go on the journey for Marvel continuity. Cause they're like, yeah, listen, you tell me that was a scroll the whole time. That's all I have to accept. Or a Doombot or a spider clone. Right? Like, oh, that era, he was a robot the whole time. That's stupid. It is stupid. We all agree it's stupid. But here's where we are now. And that's it all we totally have to happened, though. And you're like, oh, well, okay. So, Superman. Like, just Superman. I want to read Superman. Oh, well, um, you see. About that. After Flash went back in time and saved his mom. It made the universe different, and so, like, there's a young Superman who's stupid. But then, Yeah, no one likes uh, him. In another story, it turns out that, like, the Superman that you p- thought you were reading about... He, and no, the one who's on cereal boxes all over the world. Right, that one, he stuck around. But then, Dr. Manhattan maybe did something, and they, they it turns out that he was actually two different people, but they were really supposed to be the same person. They got squished together, and now he's, now he's the Superman you remember. Also, maybe he was only a dick because Doctor Manhattan killed his parents. That right. also maybe oh, also, happened. Also, all the thing, all the trappings you remember, like when what's it called? Uh, uh, in Superman Rebirth, they establish like here's the merging, and then we see his origin, and we don't really get like a secret origins book that tells you what his origin is now. It's just Jeff Johns says, "Make it secret origin from my Jeff Johns story that took place like 15 years ago." Because I wrote that one, so we know it's good. His parents are still New 52 dead. So how does that inform everything that happens in the origin you're using? See how it just all falls apart if you don't keep things straight? But you just pull that thread on that sweater. So, uh, by the way, uh, Jamax Z says, uh, do you think they will also age Damian Wayne? No. 
shockingly, no, he still continues to be a boyish boy wonder. Yeah, plus, uh, the only time they're going to do that is when they refer to Batman 666. Yeah. Uh, Amarta Akaria? Gazumte. I'm sorry. Doomsday Clock being ignored is a tragedy. The real tragedy is with Doomsday Clock, not to get off on a tear, it's not even being ignored. It's being manipulated. Mm. Like, Doomsday Clock was this evergreen story. That's why Riddler's wearing a jumpsuit and Batman's got yellow in his chest. Yep. It's, a, it's an evergreen story that's supposed to be a sequel to Watchmen that uses enduring, like, favorite characters. That's it. It's supposed to be evergreen read 20 years from now or now. But then... Because of the delays and because of the continuity problems and because and the, of the clear rewrites it underwent. There's there's rewrites going on to the point where they're like shoehorning in owls and heroes in crisis and sanctuary that you know weren't in that script originally. And things that aren't going to make sense 30 years from now. The problem is that when inevitably there is like a strong, more like dark monitor-esque editor who like makes sure there is a continuity there or DC is bought by Disney or something... It's all going to get streamlined. And then you're going to have this story that like is kind of cool except for these weird confusing like suggestions. Like there's nothing in Dark Knight Returns or Kingdom Come that makes you go like what the f- what what we what, what? like I was coming along but then it started referencing these hard break internal continuity stuff. What is this? Like the the evergreen stories killing joke doesn't have a reference to like uh, like uh, legends, you know what no. I mean? <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, what was it? Oh, Kit Carson. Uh, speaking of the heckler, yeah, a sentence no one's ever said. Uh, as bad as he is, the villain generic man is actually really interesting. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I, I, I guess that's not that's not wrong. That's true. Uh, Mister Roboto, DC can sell a hooker character. They they can, but they tried not to when they they unmade Catwoman being a hooker because they were like. Little, little, we hear little girls are buying Catwoman now, and we can't make her also a prostitute. In fact, hey, you know, if you really want to be progressive and you really want to be with the times, I think uh, some writers should really take it upon themselves to have a writer who, or uh, what is it, have a character who is a sex worker by day to really kind of destigmatize it. I think that's a, that's a black label title right that's, there. That's asking a lot. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Um. Uh, Jamax uh, Z says, uh, why won't they age Damian Wayne? Because he's uh, too profitable as a teenager. They they need a boy wonder. He is filling the boy wonder role right now. Yeah. Uh, the real- Because no one is at, no one has an agenda at the editorial level who wants him to be a different age. Yeah. And he is still selling books as the age he is. Think about I- anytime anyone makes like a decision and you're like, why'd you do that? Ask yourself, how can they make money off of that decision? And if it doesn't make any sense, then you're dealing with a stupid person. And if you're, but if you find the money trail, you pretty much have a justification for the decision that was made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't like most of the books Damien's in right now. Neither do I. So, and I don't like Damien, so like it works out. I, I, I like Damien when someone like Peter Tomasi writes him who can actually, you know, find the humanity in him, not someone who's like, you know, it would be fucking cool if he had a black side Abu Ghraib prison where he kept people without trials because that's what a hero does. Okay, you know what? Actually, I know exactly why they won't age Damien Wayne. Because then Batman's like 45. Mm. And as much as they seem to like Damien, uh, they love a young Batman. Boy, do they ever. 
Uh, Taylor Patrick says, funny thing about Hawkman, his origin has been rewritten in his own series currently and apparently makes more sense. Really? Cool. I don't care about Hawkman, so I'm not reading it. I, I've had my heart broken by Hawkman books too many times. They always get canceled. Yeah. Although I apparently revisit, the new one's really good. I got to revisit Hawkworld in the 90s. Mm, really good one. Um, so, yeah, uh, from there, I think that's kind of it. It's like, so Metal was the last crisis. And so there, those are your seven crises. It's just the ones that change the universe the most. And so the question is like, okay, if that's true, and there have been seven crises, despite the fact that Convergence unmakes Crisis Infinite Earths, but let's forget that for a second, if you can. <laughs> DC's sure forgotten about it. And, by the way, the, uh, the first arc of Young Justice from Wonder Comics, whatever the hell that means, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Is called The Seven Crises. This arc is called The Seven Crises, so it's not a throwaway line. No, it's got to be important. It's a story arc for these seven Young Justice characters. Aha, who represents what? Now you got to go deeper. Now you got to look at all these characters. Who is a representative of their respective time frames. Right. I mean, I think Ginny Hex has to be Crisis in Time. Crisis in Time. Amethyst is from the 80s, so I think that's Crisis in Earths. Right. That's a fair one. You got Superboy, who's dressed in his, uh, what is it, Metropolis kid duds. Straight up 90s, you know, don't call me Superboy costume. His Reign of the Superman costume. Right, of course. We got... Tim Drake, who gets who gets a little difficult because he's been tied very closely to everything that's been going on with Mr. Oz and everything and the Dr. Manhattan thing as of recently. Yes. And that is that in and of itself is a confused is a confusing mess. Tim Drake is in a Robin costume. Yes. And he is identified as Robin. Yes, not Red Robin, which is what they've been calling him since forever. Even his last Robin suit in Detective Comics had the little RR on it signifying, hey, my costume looks like Robin, but my code name is still Red Robin. And has always been Red Robin. Yes, he was never anything but, except for sometimes when he is. Except when Batman says, like, you were always a Robin to me. Mm. Which was there, like, that was in, I think, A Lonely Place of Living or whatever. But, like, yeah. that was Batman, that was the writer's admission of, like, I know. I know you love Tim, and I know you want him to be Robin, but, like, we're technically still in the New 52. But but then it gets even more confusing, because when Mr. Oz is, like, reading his mind in a lonely place of living, we get to see his origin again in panels, and it's the old origin we remember. In fact, I was working under the theory that original Red Robin Robin actually did die when he was supposed to in that thing, but Mr. Oz replaced him with a new one because he's clearly able to replace people from different people in the timeline, but that was just my tinfoil hat fanning theory, and that clearly went nowhere. Right, well, because Mr. Oz is not um, omnipotent. He's just Jor-El. But he can still clearly grab people from the timeline because he grabbed future evil Tim from Titans of Tomorrow. Yes. Oh, no. Honestly, I don't think any of that is relevant. Anymore. I I think that, like, people are going to go, like, "Where's where's Metron? Where's Owl Man? Like, remember when they were, like, wiped off the face of the Earth using blue... And they were very important. ...energy at the end of, uh, I think, Dark Side War? Like... Yes, it was. Where are they? And they're gonna go, oh, whatever. Even though clearly Dr. Manhattan got rid of them. 
Yes. Like, nah. I think that either there was no plan or the plan is now abandoned. Very Um, much so, because who was in charge and who was the driving creative force is not anymore. Right. Uh, Dark Knight Nation, Hawkman by Venditti made me a fan of the character. That's cool. Right on. I like to hear that. Yeah. And Nilfinity Gaming, it feels like once Bendis came over to DC, every writer was like, well, nothing I ever do is going to matter, so (laughs) throws caution and continuity to the wind. I think that they were like that after he started making decisions. I think the I think it was in there a little before when again we talked about this before we were, we started the show where it's like hey let's get a really popular stunt writer and just let them do whatever and not edit them yeah and that seems to be like a new kind of like age for DC Comics we're like let's just get a celebrity writer and have them do it and we'll just clean everything up when they either get too expensive to keep or we or, or they move on it's like look you can have Tom King doing what he's doing with Batman. You can have Bendis what he's doing with Superman. Maybe he shouldn't have both be doing it at the same time. Oh, and now Grant Morrison is doing stuff with Green Lantern. All right, now you're doing too much. Yeah, all you need is, like, Kevin Smith to take over, like, Flash. <laughs> Except Kevin Smith actually read those books, which is it's why when true. he took over for Green Arrow back in the day, he's like, let's refer to stuff I read. But that's Daredevil exactly too. what Bendis is doing, so, you know. I don't know. It, it's kind of a mess. So... While there are there were seven crises, and I think we've I think we and everyone on the internet has pretty much established what they were, and where they've been, like yeah. which ones are which ones Bendis is having these characters refer to. I think we've established that already. Um, I think it, it it won't really matter. I think thematically, I think he said it, and I think it, the story arc is called that because. He wants all these characters to represent a crisis of some kind. And what, that, like, what, when what they, does Teen Lantern represent, the brand new character he created? I don't know. And I, I, and I just will withhold my theories on that until it's over. Um, I don't know. That just hit me right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and he introduced a brand new character, didn't he? Yes. Yes, he did. Teen Lantern. Just a fun idea. It's like Green Lantern, but it's a teenager. Because Earth was really in need of more Green Lanterns. Wasn't Kyle also a teenager when he became a Green Lantern? <laughs> he was. You think he would have words about this? <laughs> I don't think you need to designate your age as a Lantern, but whatever. Man, I really hope when someone else is writing Green Lantern, there's like some new upstart guard. And he's like, we got to deal with this issue, Earth issue. Why? Why do we have six? This is just bad oversight. Here's the thing. I don't theory time. And this is why we don't do new books on this show, uh, mm. because like it's not established yet. But I think she doesn't have a Green Lantern ring. Oh, but she likes Green Lantern. And so that's why she's doing it. I think it's either like she found a broken Green Lantern ring that she's like using or she found a power battery and like reverse it like this is like a Riri Williams that has access to a Green Lantern power battery that's fun I can deal with that that's actually a cool take on it that's why I was like I'll give her a chance because my personal fan theory and no context of this character has given her a backstory that I accept who knows that's true but that's why I'm give, that's why I'm withholding judgment. I'm like this. This is why you should be writing, Sal. You gave me a pitch and I liked it. Yeah. Hey, she hacked the Green Lantern battery. That's fine. So, you know, or she's a tangent Green Lantern and it's magic or something. Right. That too. Oh, that would be fun too. Where it's like, yeah, I'm a Green Lantern, but I'm actually magical. Yeah. What? Can you imagine? This is how screwed up things are, by the way. Uh, oh no, this is Alan Scott's power battery. 
Yeah. And they're like, what? But but Doomsday it, Clock says that none of them... Wait, that's a whole thing, though. That's supposed to be really important, actually, his, his Green Lantern. But you... Okay. We're spending too much money. We can't just tell him not to do it. Yeah, really. That's the thing. We're like, well, I don't want to tell him. You have to go to. Well, I'm not going in his office. You go in his I'm office. He'll just go right back to Marvel. He's not. He's, he has no scruples. He'll do it. No, he'll, he'll just fucking do it. He'll walk out that door today. <laughs> uh, so there you go. It's just a nightmare. But uh, as, as someone brought up, Simon Baz is dead. Maybe it's his ring. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Or it's Earth 2's Alan Scott, like somebody else mentioned. Oh, I'd really like that where it was connected to the green and it was... Ah, but Ben just doesn't know what the fuck the green is. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that suck? Meta, meta reading is, is, is like a killer of joy because you, you you get to enjoy that for a little while and then you're like, wait, but I know that Ben doesn't read these games. <laughs> Look how happy I got versus how sad I got by the end of that thought. Ooh, the green. Oh. Remember when they were all in on the green as a concept and the red and all this other stuff? Oh, and then they they're just like, well, that was fun. Let's never mention it. Yeah, no, they they were all about colors. Even Beast Boy was red for a minute. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept that idea because, you know, connecting to the, to the red. But anyway, uh, Rusky9110 says, do you think this can be fixed or should people just accept that DC continuity is broken? Here's I'm the already deal. accepting it. <laughs> if you're reading DC, you've already accepted it's broken. Mm-hmm. Because no one can argue that it isn't totally busted. Because it, and the more we like, the more we do, like dive into it, the more like obvious it is that it's just busted. Mm-hmm. Like because people are referring to like stuff that Swamp Thing's doing, and it's totally different from what Justice League Dark's doing. Like there's there's no context or continuity. There's no framework. And there's no ground for anyone to like get their footing. It, it, it's broken. So. And I think you'll be a happier fan when you accept it's broken, and when you do, you get to have fun shows like this where Sal and I talk about it. Well, but even then, like it's frustrating because like you're trying to keep it straight. You're trying to enjoy it, right? You're like, this mm-hmm. is fun, and then you remember like, oh, that's, oh, but that, that that's not true, or like. Oh, but like someone else has to do something over there in order to make that work, or someone else is doing something over there that contradicts what I'm doing, and it's more popular, so it's going to affect what I'm reading. It's a nightmare. So, as, as nerds, we are fastidious people. We like everything in its place and a place for everything. That's true. Uh, and as human beings, we like things to fit and symmetry. I think the KonMari method is so popular right now. We want everything mm. to be nicely folded and fit into boxes that fit into a... So we all have order. So we don't feel like we're overwhelmed by clutter, papers, clothes, and garbage. We just want everything Joel, to Joel said as he looked around his space, a bunch of unfolded laundry dishes he hasn't taken away yet. You should watch that show on Netflix. No, <laughs> but like... It's... I, I, I've passed it several times and I'm like, nah, man, this is going to change my life too much. Yeah, don't make me feel bad. Um, but like the, we as people like patterns and, and having things make sense and order and fit. I mean, like I used to work for a, uh, a, a Jewish school or a Hasidic Jewish school. Oh, I know. I knew you worked for a school. I, I had no for, idea it was a Hasidic I worked school. for like a number of schools, <laughs> but one of them was a Hasidic Jewish school. And one of the things that these guys love to do is debate rhetoric and text. Hmm. That I did know. And it was interesting and fun to see them have these nerdy conversations about continuity 
What about something that they find like deeply spiritual and meaningful? I mean, really, what are religious scholars if not the massive nerds of the nerds. religion world? <laughs> but like, but it, at the very least, they have like this. They have these scriptures, and some of them are canonical. Some of them yeah. aren't. And so they establish what is in continuity and what isn't. And look at how much easier and more like, and even even the stuff that does work or does fit or is in the in continuity, how that can be wildly debated. It's it's also a lot harder for them too to question the original creator because when they talk about the original creator, <laughs> right? Uh, so and that's the thing when it comes to their questioning, they're like, well, I can't question. The, the wisdom of the creator that's mm -hmm. established right like that 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 is that is that is that is canon whatever like god says but we can interpret what he means and it's even better that he doesn't tweet so we don't know what his intent was uh, and also too let's maybe not take our differences too hard because when you know regular comic nerds fight it's a flame war when religion fanboys fight it's a holy war well and so, or it's just a, it's just a theological debate uh, sometimes that breaks churches in parts, and that's why you have so many sects of Christianity. Right. So I can imagine that, like, this is why we get this upset. Like, people talk about, like, what are you talking about? It's a comic book. But, like, people are, what I'm saying is people are wired to be this way. And mm -hmm. then we, we like, it, it's not asking too much to have it be a little straighter. Yeah. Like, to have it be a little bit more on course. And to ask for, like, someone a governing body to say like, let's do this. Let's do that. Keep this, throw that away. And it's okay to say like, this is the stage where this is where we are. Like, this is like, this is the era. This is the new Testament of our continuity. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a whole thing, but, uh, but it's why we get like this. And it's why when you say things like, oh, there have been seven crises, I like, because DC has been like, has been so like, light-footed about anything in continuity and in universe and and what's true it's weird to see anyone go like oh put my foot down on this thing that totally disrupts everything we're doing yep uh so that's why that's that's why a we're talking about it and b why it's such a hot button mission for people even though i'm sure for bendis who's just like a hired gun i'm writing a book i'm trying to make money here yeah, I, I, I thought Seven Crises sounded good, like Seven fun. Dragon Balls or Seven Sins. Right, like, it's just fun. Even though there's 12 Kingdoms of the Gen World, it's not too thematically connect consistent. But, like, you know, it, it's fun to say, it's fun to refer to, hey, why don't we just do this? And it's like, because there's a thing over there that has, like, 12 volumes that says what that is. That's well, why it's you lucky I do don't that. have an editor. <laughs> and if you have an editor or you play with it, then you can have your cake and eat it, too. You can do both those things. But when you... When you when you are un uneditable, or you play fast and lose with continuity, you run into these problems where like your audience doesn't accept it, and you you make things harder for your colleagues. Ben Bastian or says, "Hey guys, I've been writing some Daredevil stories just for fun uh, when I'm bored. Would you would what would you recommend when writing Daredevil or comics in general? Uh, story first, have a good one." Um, uh, write something you yourself would want to read. Yes, uh, and character. Uh, it's all about character. The reason why Bumblebee is the best Transformers movie is because it's about something. It's actually about so what's what's the character? What's the arc? What's the how do they change from Act One, Act Two to Act Three? Yeah, if there is an arc, what's Cade Yeager's development? Mm. Who is Cade Yeager? Like you know, no, uh, it's it's all about the arc. 
you, you could also check out the hero's journey. A lot of people aren't as married to it as they used to be, but that's a pretty good, you know, what's your rising and falling action? What's your reconciliation, yep. you know, with the mother and the father and everything? Dan Harmon actually writes a lot of this. He uses like a, a customized version of the hero's journey yep. for everything he writes. Yeah, he has a story circle. Yeah, and, uh, which so, is c- kind of cool because it's a little picture that goes with it. Yeah, so follow those, uh, but have an idea. Don't just go like, I'm going to write Daredevil. I could do that. And then just try. I mean, like, maybe that should get, that might be the motivating factor, get you out of your, like, off your ass. But, like, you should be inspired by a story you have or an idea or a development for a character. Also, don't feel bad writing what is essentially fan fiction, because as we've seen, you can just tweak the names a little bit on your fan fiction and have, like, a multi-million dollar franchise on your hands. That's true. And uh, Martia says, the only continuity which matter is the continuity which the writer follows. Tom King is his yeah. own, Venice is his own continuity. This is true, and actually, yeah. uh, if you watch my interview with Scott Snyder, we talk about how, like, Grant Morrison's approach has always been, your character needs to have a birth and a death. And mm-hmm. when you're doing your story about these characters, it's your establishing of the character. Like, you're saying, like, this character is born here, where I start, and then they die when I leave. And mm. as long as they don't literally die, or maybe if Grant Morrison's doing it, they do. But Sometimes like, they do. But that basically, like, you're doing your version of the character. And so, as such, they do have their it's own... It's a very interesting theory. They do have their own continuity. I think it's a horrible approach. Some writers clearly live and die by that rule. Others do not. I think I think not only do they live and die by it, but, like, they judge you for it. For, for, for disrupting or, or arguing with it. Tomasi, I think, is a perfect example of a writer who does not live by that. He's like, no, I am telling a chapter in a much larger story. Well, and that's the thing about, like, if you want to do that, if you want to write, like, something that, like, is forever, create an original character, write a novel, you know. But, like, if you want to write Spider-Man, you better be, like, okay with the idea that it's going to either get undone by the next guy or that it's going to live on forever in, you know, as long as you don't, like, do something really stupid and it falls out of uh, print. But like, accept that you're not the authority on that character. Someone else is the the owner of that character is, and that like you're this th- this is history. You are merely passing through history as as a writer. So. Also, too, as someone brought up in the chat, you know, Tomasi was also an editor once upon a time. That's true. Some writers used to be editors, and some writers have never been editors. Yeah. So some know. Like that, what some know how to play the game a little better, and some people don't want to, and you'll see you can identify who is that way in everything they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, so there you go. So the seven crises, as established by Bendis in uh, the Young Justice debut, some would say res- resurrection, who depending knows? on how you look at it and how you look at it. But uh, let us know what you think about the seven crises in the chat down below, and we'll see you guys next time with another episode. And, of course, if you want to continue this conversation, I advise you to go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash comicpop, where there is going to be a bonus episode of the Elseworlds Exchange that you can find right over there. So uh, check that out. There's quite a few uh, episodes of that show, and it's never going to stop as long as there's an Elseworlds Exchange. (laughs) Until we die. That's right. Uh, Trev uh, Fishbean says, Under Dio, we've had Infinite Crisis, Final Crisis, Flashpoint, Rebirth, Earth, Doomsday Clock in the last 13 years. So maybe four resets is enough. Fire Jesus Didio. Christ. I've met Didio at least three times. He's a very friendly, affable guy. Oh, yeah. Seems like a pleasant dude. Seems like a pleasant dude. I would like to see the evidence that says that Didio is the problem. Because, like, I hear it a lot. I'm not saying it's not true. I just want to know, like, where you're getting this idea from. 
If we could be a fly on those walls. Like, is it interviews? Is it like uh, is it like actual like tangible discussion like that you can point to? Like I would really I would hate to say it's all his fault when all it's attributed to is like one fan from one con says they overheard him say one day. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and that's it's easy enough in this small tight knit community for that to happen. And I, I really, I really question it just out of my, like, just from my own deliberately scrupulous brain. And sometimes it seems like he's having fun with it, too. It's like, oh, yeah, I hate Nightwing so much. I'm going to kill him super dead. You'll see. Yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes he's like, yeah, screw you, because he knows. And, like, if you don't have a sense of humor about your job when people are, like, getting religiously upset with you, mm. then you're going to freak out. You're going to have Absolutely. a meltdown. I mean, like, yeah. One of my, my old high school principal was, like, a real hard ass and was really, really frustrating. And he worked at like the easiest school in the world, easiest job in the world, no problems, no school violence, nothing. And he had a heart attack like in the in his fifties because he just couldn't Yikes. chill. He just couldn't take it easy. You have to have fun with your job if you're yeah. not gonna, if you're gonna freak out. Like if, if you're if you're dealing with a high stress job like like this. So uh, I, I I give him a pass when it comes to his like attitude about it. But, like, I would like to know definitively, like, does he hate these characters? How do you know this? Where's the proof? Like, show me. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying the burden of proof is on you. I'll just look it up. But, like, I'm just saying, like, think about that. Think about that every time you hear, like, so-and-so is the reason why everything sucks. Like, is, are they? Like, ask yourself why. And, like, be honest with yourself. Not just be like, you know, like, why? Because he's a jerk, that's why. Like, no, no, no. Ask yourself. Real. Like, look inward. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, thanks a lot for hanging out with us, and we'll see you guys next time. Uh, Joel, thanks a lot for joining me, of course, as always. Always a pleasure. Thanks for in- indulging me. Uh, we were talking about talking about movies, and I was like, let's talk about The Seven Crazies. Well, it's, but yeah, because my whole thing was like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're getting further away from 2018. We need to do the power ranking of movies. It's a tradition. We By tradition, we did it two years in a row. Yeah, that's true, and we should. <laughs> Which constitutes a tradition. But then you're like, yeah, hey, Seven Crises. And I hadn't read Young Jedi. I'm like, Seven Crises? What are you talking about? Then I read the book, and I'm like, yeah, all right, we got to talk about this. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're ready. You, you're like, you, okay, now I've got an opinion. Yeah, now, now I feel things. Yeah. Oh, damn it. All right. I see why you wanted to talk about this. So. Yeah. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys next time. I'm Sal. I'm Joe.